Your Money, Your Life, Controlled by You, Podcast, with your hosts Ashley Gowans and Jackie Hendricks. Are you tired of feeling like you're losing control? We will use our knowledge and our experience to help you gain confidence in your ability to create a secure financial future and live the life that you desire. Welcome to Your Money, Your Life, Controlled by You podcast with your host, Jackie Hendricks and Ashley Goings. Today, we're talking about what happens to my debt if I'm unable to work or even something worse happens. Over the years, I've seen many people who are ill-prepared when it comes to leaving this world on a permanent basis. There's no last minute, hold on, world, universe, wait, I've got something I have to finish. It doesn't work that way. There's no reset or do-overs in life. So the biggest thing is to be prepared in advance for whatever may come so that you're in the best position and you position your family, your resources, and your assets so that they will go to who you want them to go to and be protected in the long run. Jackie, how many times do we actually see on different social media platforms a GoFundMe page for medical bills, for funeral expenses, somebody's house burned down? It's truly a shame that we have to depend on GoFundMe pages or other fundraisers to be able to meet our needs. Now, that being said, I'm not saying for communities not to get involved to help a family in need out, but we want to make sure that you have other plans in place to be able to be self-sustained and preparing for your future. Yes. And actually what happens if you can't work, what would happen there? Do you have some suggestions on what we would do or what we would suggest? Well, the first thing that you want to do is if you're unable to work is look at what you already have in place through your employer. Do you have a short-term or a long-term disability policy? Now, it's for exactly what it says, a short period of time, because the employer wants you to come back to work as soon as possible. Now, in the event that something catastrophic happens and you're on long-term disability, then we want you to still be able to access those funds as well. Well, of course, you know, you've got your, your cancer policies and things of that sort that can help offset the costs that you will incur while going through treatments, but it's not really offsetting your income because you're having to use that to pay for your treatments. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, of course, you've got your critical illness policies. Um, we've all, we all know, I mean, you and I know from coming in the supplemental world of what employers have in place that people don't take advantage of because they don't truly understand how they operate. Um, exactly. And that's one point that I really think we do need to emphasize is that for short-term and long-term disability, there's over 80% of the employers that offer it pay for it, but there's still a lot of people that will not take it. Right. Which totally to me, 
I'm just befuddled by it when you got someone there to help you out because until you have an accident or an illness that takes you down, you really do not understand how hard it can be on you financially and on your family. I think about when, when I had my accident, how, how long that took me down right? And for, and how it hurt us financially. But luckily we had some things in place, but most people don't understand how much this is going to help you in the long run. Yes, we can go maybe one week, two weeks, sometimes even a month without working and we're still able to coast and get by. But on average, most people cannot go beyond one week without working, without it severely affecting their lives, their family, and just being able to put food on the table. So this is something when you have your open enrollment at work, you need to be looking at the different options, like supplemental products, like you mentioned, that can also cushion that. And they're, they're short gap fixes for the interim instead of long gaps. Now, there are the long-term disabilities, which you usually get with Uncle Sam. And on average, it takes usually about two years and a lot of hard work on your part to get a qualify for it because you have to basically apply. And like you're talking about with the supplemental um, policies, like your critical illness, your cancer policies, hospital indemnity policies, and things of that sort, a lot of people don't truly understand what all comes in those. Uh, a lot of them have wellness benefits that you you don't hear about because they're just telling you, okay, if you get cancer, it's going to cover X, Y, Z amount. But if you go and you have a wellness check, which is a preventative measure, right. then you can qualify for whatever that policy pays, whether it's $50 per family member, $25, whatever, you can qualify for that once a year. And that's to help prevent you from getting that to that point of having to use the entire policy. Like with the cancer policy, the preventive measures that they have in place, just getting a yearly checkup for a lot of women has caused the incidences of cancers to drop like 70%. It's amazing since they started doing the preventative measures, how much it's made a difference rather than because cancer can be very evasive. You don't notice things until it's too late. And by going and getting these checkups, that's gonna help you in the long run detect something very early so that you don't have to go through the process of the major treatments and maybe you've gone too far and it's too late. But let's look at it in today's society, okay? okay. We, we know the effects of COVID. We know a lot of doctor's offices started doing Zoom appointments. Are we really getting the yearly checkups like we should? No. And what is that going to cause? That's going to cause another spike in critical illnesses and cancer and things of that sort 
because we could not get in there to do the uh, the testing or have the blood work and lab work ran for early detection. So when we look at that, you've got to really stay up to date on what precautions you need to take. Um, I know it's going to sound silly when I say this, but what we are subjecting ourselves to, how many times have we seen the commercial for talcum baby powder and the, the cancer that comes from that? Roundup, how many times have we seen the commercial for the pollutants that are cancer causing from that? How many times have we seen those commercials to where it's something new that is being a contributing factor to cancer? And not being able to get into your doctor's offices is just going to cause that spike. Now, another thing that we were talking about previously is not just the short and long-term disability and the um, supplemental policies, but a lot of times before you can even qualify for short-term or long-term disability, you have to use your vacation time. You can use your PTO, your paid time off, or extra vacation days that you have to fill in those days that you're missing for the short term. Or some people even look at, if it even goes longer, that they might want to dip into their retirement. How do you feel about that one? Hmm. Well, I would say don't do it. <laughs> exactly. Because, you know, yes, the money's there, but you're really reserving it for your retirement. A lot of the retirement is a 401k and you're going to get hit with taxes and a withdrawal penalty. So you need to take those things into consideration. Yes, it's there. And in dire situations, I might suggest use it. But if there's other options out there, like we suggested, use getting a short-term disability policy or supplemental policies to help ensure money is coming in during times that you cannot work. Unfortunately, when something happens and we're down for an extended period of time, it tends to zap our resources. And when you think most people only have on average $400 to $1,000 in reserve, it's going to deplete your accounts very quickly. So you need to have something in place to help protect you and, and protect your income. And that is another thing that short-term disability insurance policy is called sometimes. It's called income protection or paycheck protection. Just so we clarify, Jackie, are we by any chance or any means telling people that if you go out on short-term disability for, let's just say, a broken leg, that you have coverage from day one? No, because there are things called elimination periods. And a lot of times you can customize your short-term disability, how much is getting paid. Different states have different levels. They have different criteria. So you have to talk to the agent that's selling you this policy to understand the plans, outline, and distribution. A lot of them do have elimination periods. So most of us are six, seven to 10 days. So most of the time you have one option that's seven days. Another option is 14 days. Well, 
I can manage a week of not working before it really starts hurting. But if I start pushing towards that two-week point, it is going to hurt. So that's another thing you can look at. It's also on a sliding scale and it's contingent upon how much money you make. And depending on the state parameters, how much of the total income you're allowed to get. It can be anywhere between 40 and 70% or even more in some states. Now let's switch gears just a tad bit. We've talked about supplemental. We've talked about your um, short-term, your long-term. Now let's talk about, in my opinion, the dreaded workers' comp. Yeah, that's going to be contingent on the state. Again, a lot of this goes by, follows the state, and you have to apply for it. And some people are awarded their workman's comp and other people are not. And I can't tell you why one got it and why one didn't, but it is there. Something that I've found in my experiences and conversations with others is if they can prove that you have an underlying cause to your injury, then a lot of times you're going to get a denial. Um, But that's the sad fact that we have to face when we're looking at the circumstances that may have caused your injury. Right. And it's usually a quote unquote pre-existing condition. Exactly. That's the kick out. So It's there. If you're able to get it, that's fantastic. But you also need to have other things in place just in case it doesn't come through. Only 10% of accidents are caused at work. Most of our accidents actually happen at home. So workman's comp isn't going to help us there anyways. Yep. So you don't want to rely on that as your only benefit. A lot of people don't realize this. Another thing that people don't realize is you don't have to always get supplemental policies through your employer. A lot of companies offer these on an individual basis, even short-term disability. So don't think that just because your employer doesn't offer it that you can't get it, that's not true. Do your research, find a company, a reputable company that will offer you a short-term disability. Definitely. You want to do your research there and find a good company. Find a dependable agent. If you have an agent that just comes in and is trying to sell you a policy and then you never see him again, those are just there to make a sale. Red flag. Besides your supplemental, besides your short-term, your long-term, besides workers' comp, you can leverage your life insurance because a lot of them have riders that cover critical, chronic, and terminal illnesses and or accidents in some cases. So what are some other things that you found that you can leverage your life insurance? Another thing you could be looking at is some life insurance policies have long-term care riders. Now, 20, 30 years ago, it was more common to find a long-term care policy on its own, but not so much anymore. A lot of companies got out of it. Okay. Since you brought up long-term care riders, if you have a rider um, in your life insurance policy for long-term care, 
Does that mean that you have to sign over your life insurance to the facility that you're in? No, absolutely not. So what's your best advice on that? If you get put in a nursing home, what would be the one piece of advice that you would give people? I would say have a few vehicles in place, like some of these life insurance policies we're talking about, to ensure that you've got money to come in and pay for these things without it actually digging into your personal assets and your legacy for your family. I completely agree. So I go a little bit of a different route. You know me, I like to be different. (laughs) I would say the biggest piece of advice that I would give any client of mine, if you end up in a long-term care facility, do not ever let them know that you have life insurance. That is our way of protecting your life insurance. There are people in this world that are called viaticals. Um, and what they're going to do is they're going to offer you a steak on a hot dog budget to get your life insurance away from you. I'm a fluffy girl. I like to eat. So I like to compare stuff to food. Um, <laughs> but just being honest with you, that would be my biggest piece of advice because You do not want to lose every bit that you have put into your coverage and your security for your family by some vulture coming in and offering you that steak on a hot dog budget. If something does happen to you, let's go the step further. The uncomfortable conversation that we all do not like discussing one bit. What happens if a person dies? What happens to their debt in that situation? There's a couple of things that can happen. Number one is if you've taken our advice and you've talked to the person that you are leaving as the executor of your estate, They are responsible for making sure that any proceeds from the sale of your assets goes to pay off your debt. Yep. Now, with that being said, if you don't name a executor and it goes to probate, depending on what type of debt you have, it can, as the old saying goes, you know, the poop rolls downhill and I'm being polite (laughs) um but your debt can roll down to your heir um to your husband your children whatever um and you don't want to leave that type of debt so what kind of debt can actually roll downhill well depending on the states the states are going to dictate it i keep harping on the states but We have 50 different states and they all want to be different. So a lot of times the parameters they have set up for things like this are different. So you need to know how your state is set up. Survivors are usually not responsible for medical debt, but here are some situations in which a survivor or a spouse could actually incur your debt. They live in a state that is a community property state. This is where the assets are owned jointly by the spouse and the deceased. Someone who has actually co-signed with the deceased. 
they're going to be responsible for that debt. Some states that require and hold parents and a spouse responsible for the deceased's debt. It could be medical debt. So you have to know what your state requires and your locality requires. Another is like you mentioned to begin with, the executor who oversees the estate is responsible for taking care of those debts. That is paid first and foremost before anything else is. So what happens if you have no liquid assets? Talk to a lawyer, but you need to get a will so that you have something there, no matter whether it's your dog, even if you don't have a lot of assets, there might be someone coming out of the woodwork wanting something that you had. You want to be very specific as to who gets what in your life. You might not necessarily have a lot of money, but you had grandma's antique dresser and her china set that the whole family's fighting over. So you want to make sure that's taken care of by a will that dictates and tells people where you want your items to go. One of the first steps that you want to do when you see that the deceased has left a lot of debt is, of course, you want to contact them and let them know of the passing of that person, because that's going to help keep it out of collections. You may be able to set up payment plans to take care of that debt. It may not all be due at once, but that would definitely be, in my opinion, one of the first steps that you need to take care of. What would you say is one of the steps that you would give people advice on? Yes, you need to let people know, but just letting them know sometimes isn't enough. They have to have actual documentation that proves that this person has passed away. So you need a certificate of death and you have to go down to your local course in order to get that or through the local funeral home. Basically what we're saying in a nutshell is going right back to our having a plan in place. It doesn't matter if your employer offers benefits or not. There are other options. We want to make sure that we're giving you information to where you can make an educated decision on what options and plans you would like to implement and be able to meet your needs. Correct. One of the things I want to emphasize is if you do not have a will in place, a lot of times your whole estate will just go to the state. Mm -hmm. They'll take the money out, pay for the creditors, but nobody you love or care about is going to get any of the remainder. So you need to be thinking in advance with some forethought on how you want these things taken care of. By all means, while you're living, always be in control of your assets and in your money. Don't let life pass you by and forget that this could be passed on to your loved ones. And don't let Uncle Sam control you. He can have his, his pinky toe in the water, so to speak. But you want to find other options to where you control your life, your money. On our next episode, we've touched today on how you can protect your assets and how to keep your debt from transferring to your loved ones. Now, we touched a little bit on how you can use life insurance and the riders. What we're going to start to do now is take a deeper dive into the different types of life insurance. 
because as we know, life insurance changes every single year. And you need to make sure that you're getting the most up-to-date information and learning ways that you can implement life insurance to work for you. It's not the type of life insurance, Jackie, that our grandparents had, that somebody come around and knocked on your door going, hey, I've got a policy for you. Sign here. No, that's not the way we do it anymore. We want to make sure that it meets your needs and protects your assets. Well, and like you said, you know, back then when our grandparents had it, they had to die and somebody else benefited from it. Now with these riders and the living benefits that we're going to be going into, you're going to see how it's going to benefit you while you're still living. And some of the other things that we're going to be talking about as we go through this next series of episodes is you've got some people out here. And I'm just going to put it out there because we're not sugarcoating anything that say, (laughs) buy term, invest the rest. Well, term has its place in this world. Yes. And the problem with buy term and invest the rest is a great concept, but very few people follow through on that last part. So we're going to go into more details about this. And make sure that you join us on our next episode. Don't forget to check out our website. And Jackie, what's that web address? Our web address is www.ymylpodcast.com. And don't forget that we are on all of your major platforms for the podcast. And we're also on YouTube. We have links in our YouTube to where you can get to our webpage and our Facebook group. And until next time, Stay safe, and we will see you then. It doesn't matter where you are in life at this moment. We're here to help. If you are a college student, just starting your career or your family, even a seasoned CEO, and everything in between, helping educate you and putting customized plans and strategies in place is our specialty. Giving you the ability to control your finances now and protect your assets for the future. Don't miss our next episode, where we will be discussing living benefits. We will discuss what they are and how you can use them from your life insurance. Click the link in our bio to learn more about how we can help you get started on securing your financial future. Make sure you don't miss an episode. Click subscribe to get notifications of what's coming next. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe.